Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bible Escapes and Destruction. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Southwest photographer, artist, Robert Dart. Good evening, Rob. Good evening. Nice to be here. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to have you here to discuss, uh, obviously, your recent book, uh, Veil. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rob, he's obviously brought out his first book, was The Moor, which he published through Another Place Press. Um, tonight, we'll be talking about his most recent work, Veil, which I think there's maybe a few copies left of. Um, but before we talk about the book and all those good things, it'd be great just to get an introduction to your photographic journey and what got you into photography and where you are today. So I think I probably got first into photography when I was around 15, 16. Yeah. Possibly like a tried and tested route of having a hand-me-down camera given by my granddad, like an old Practica 35mm SLR. Yeah. At the time I was skateboarding a lot, so that right. became like a subject. So I started taking pictures of my friends, doing tricks. Yeah. I soon became interested in those kind of moments in between, the quiet moments taking portraits, landscapes. Um, and then, you know, I, I was spending a lot of time in the darkroom at the college. I did like a city and guilds in, in photography. I can always remember I was like terrified about um, taking the film off the reel. So right. to do that for me, you know, because I never wanted to like screw up the pictures. <laughs> so I decided to go to university and I asked um, the photography teacher at the college where I should go. And he said, well, the best course is at Newport. Bournemouth and Derby and this was just before the millennium so like right. 99 and I decided on Newport so I was lucky enough to get a place at Newport yeah documentary photography really enjoyed it um, I'll skip a bit the beginning of the second year I became ill I had a what turned out to be a minor stroke yeah taken into hospital and, and then a diagnosis of glandular fever and then eventually chronic fatigue syndrome, yeah. which led to a long period away from photography and taking pictures. So I, yeah. I started this. I, I ended up completing my degree, but over, over four years from home. Yeah. And then jumped 10 years later and my parents retired south from the Midlands right. um, down, down to Devon. So I moved with them and I just got better over a, a couple of a period of years. Yeah, cool. And then around 2013, I made the decision to go back to university at Plymouth to do a, a master's in photography in the book. Very and nice. really everything's from there onwards, the, the, the kind of recent work that was a sort of re-engagement with photography. And, yeah. and th there was a huge psychological block around that I think but as soon as I made that decision then that was the the, the correct decision and and uh, the, in a way my practice was fully formed yeah started making work and and then I did another master's after that Plymouth and then I've just been working on projects since building up my work I do occasional editorial commission work but I don't seek yeah. it out yeah I, I'm, as I said I'm very stubborn and I just make the work that I want to make yeah and I lecture part-time at Plymouth cool. now yeah. on the BA and I take on artistic commissions and I do exhibitions and put my work out in books. So yeah. kind of brings us up to date. Yes, well, that that's it. Yep, straight straight up to your current uh, current position, which was obviously Veil, which was the most recent uh, body of work that you've brought out. And it was quite interesting just hearing you talking about when your friends were skateboarders and you like to photograph the portraits and the landscapes. And it really just ties in very much with, for me, what I saw in the in Veil was these beautiful idyllic. As, you, as, as, as the term is beautiful, wonderful, picturesque landscapes, countryside, the scenery, and then you've got these really contrasting and very interesting portraits. And I think, is there one of a dead hare or a rabbit or so, something? A dead hair. I can't remember if the hair was on the floor or it was actually on the bench. And I right. was on the bench because the light was nice. But, I know somebody asked me that recently in a talk, and I, I literally couldn't remember, but possibly I could have lifted it because the light would have been quite nice. 
the thing the things you go to for the perfect photograph moving a moving a, a the the skeleton of a hair onto a better position for light yeah, mummified hair. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I suppose yeah, dating back to dating back to Veil itself. Where where did the where did the idea come from? The project. So it was a slow slow genesis, and and a lot of my work happens like this. It, it starts yeah. with an initial interest in a place or a landscape. I live in Exeter, and and just you know south of the city the the river x runs down into the sea and then north of the the, the city the x makes its way up a valley up to exmoor yeah it was really the the north of the city this kind of valley this kind of landscape of fields and kind of rural sort of crops and woods and the river that that interested me and it was the summer before i went back to do the masters and i was just getting up really early for dawn and going out and taking pictures yeah it was just an exercise to, to begin with to just start taking pictures again and didn't work yeah yeah and, and then i sat on them for a while and, and then i kind of came back to them whilst i was doing the masters and and i just thought about a friend that lived in a small village and i thought oh yeah that'd be really interesting i could take some pictures with her she's just had a child and and you know there's the genesis of an idea and, and at the time I was running like a collective for young photographers. Okay. Age 16 to 21. Yeah. I've started this before I went back to uni. Okay. Three years of being a youth worker. And that stopped because all the funding got pulled by the Tories. So I left just before that. But I always wanted to do something like set up a group for young people. Yeah. Cool. So I did that. And, and we'd go out every Tuesday and take pictures in the in these kind of landscapes yeah especially like may to like september you have the beautiful kind of devon light and you're out in yes. the golden hour yeah lovely yeah so all these different elements started coming together and, and what i i suppose realized was that the collective in a way was me trying to recapture like some of my youth yes by being around the young people not yep. in a kind of cringy way like i was trying to be their best friend and like <laughs> go out with them or whatever and <laughs> that kind of stuff but it was just more that i could see a lot of myself in, in them you yeah. know and, and and it made me really think about because essentially you know, i lost my 20s like the, the normality yeah. you know i was inside a lot and, and isolated so that's veil really it's this this kind of sort of fictionalized reimagining of those lost years yes yeah it, it's it, it your work really has a, a real strong storytelling element to it as well and, and obviously that kind of comes through in terms of what you've just described there and i suppose what what you're representing which is you your youth really yeah and and all my work's very personal yeah all people i know reasonably well and and now looking back because the work was made in sort of 2013 to 15 yeah it, also kind of feels nostalgic now for the people in the pictures because you yes. know them are kind of either in their kind of mid-20s or like late 20s now so they're kind of <laughs> looking back at it and 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 one of my friends ollie was just like yeah that feels like a dream now looking back you know i mean yeah. for, for him and like a few other friends that were in the pictures that was their last summer in devon they all moved to london so right so, so it's really layered so you can look at the work quite superficially but but for me there's all these lots of different layers so that all these like you know there's an overriding story my kind of projection of the project yes. but then smaller stories happening amongst that you know yeah. amongst the work so like small journeys with me and three friends or the the members of the collective or my friend was filming a horror film and i took some pictures so all these kind of elements came together and then with an added dose of sort of serendipity that, that like the hair i find yes. hair you know i've never found anything since like that or the 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 bee swarm in the log you yeah. know just things that i came across and i'm just like what the fuck is that you know it's like <laughs> as people have said it's very lynchian you know the bee swarm in a, in a felled log and it's like wow um i mean actually i found it one evening when i was taking some portraits I didn't get a great picture and I went back the next evening and they were still there amazingly. So then the light was 
right and I, and I got was, it. Yeah, it was better. Yeah, yeah and you, man, you managed to get the shot that you were looking for. Yeah, but it's a, for I, I really like it. It's a, it's a lovely mix, and I get the feeling when I'm when I've been looking through the book, the the landscapes really very quite relaxed, and I, I I take them in very differently. Then when I get to the portraits, all of a sudden, the questions begin to fill in my head in terms of right, what's the background to this person? What what are they trying to convey? What's the story behind it? And obviously, you, there was maybe a message you were trying to get across, and obviously, you knew the people who you were. You were photographing as well. I think there's the it's the tension between this bucolic yep. landscape and yeah, and these kind of beautiful young people yeah, but slightly ill at ease or you know uneasy yep. or or scared. I think I'm quite lucky because I work digitally, so yep. I'm not limited to you know ten pictures on a roll. Yes, so I'll take like a few. And yep. then amongst them, I'll find something that has some kind of gaze or some kind of look that starts to fit, you know. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm not really an image maker that directs people a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, do this, pose that, because, yep. you know, it, it, there's a level of construction, but it's a kind of, I suppose my thing is always that it feels genuine. Yeah. It doesn't feel staged. Yeah, fully natural. Yeah, natural. And and a lot of the situations out with a collective, we're just out and we're finding places. And yeah. they could be stood somewhere. I'll be like, hey, Stan, stay there, move there. And that's it. That's the picture. Or, yeah. you know, three friends, we just spend a day walking down the river and stopping and swimming occasionally. And so I'm, I'm I suppose, like um, creating the, the event, the journey. Yes. But amongst that, then these pictures present themselves so like um ollie just in the water looking down at the water because the little fish were biting on his feet but then it's almost like he's looking at his own reflection and it yes just happened that image you know it wasn't yeah or anything and that's what i really like that kind of you know you make your own luck by yes yeah abs yeah absolutely that quite quite often works in that way m many times for us all i think and yeah i think it's worked very well in terms of just the just the, lo the lovely portraits that you've managed to capture that just complement and contrast so nicely with the, with the landscapes that you've shot as you see with the beautiful beautiful uh, light in the evening golden hour just as the, as the sun's coming down and yeah just the, just the lovely landscape and from obviously you shot this many years ago so i'm assuming at that point a, a book wasn't really part of the project or was it or or how, how... yeah yeah it, yeah it, um, went really high then didn't i <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was because i did a master's in photography in the book yeah ah yes always been interested in books obviously yep. the book is the medium yes it has been for the last 10 years but i think when i did my ba around the millennium the, the books weren't so much of a deal and i yeah. remember there i was making books like really sort of shit ones with a kind of like dissertation ring binder <laughs> and, like kind of heat glued spiral you know, bound spiral bound that kind of stuff so even at that point, I was really interested in the notion of the book, and I was I was lucky that Newport had this amazing library with just hundreds of photography books. And Fantastic, I, you know. And it was early days of the internet, so I'd just be in that library, and I'd spend hours literally going through every single book and yep. looking at books. So I've always really been into books. So so when I was on the the masters, I I did a book, but I printed that myself and hand stitched it and created like yeah. a so I did like a a dummy and it actually had probably maybe 15 20 images more than I ended up publishing in in Bale. Bale. it got sort of whittled down over the years yeah very good so and I'm assuming from when you published it as part of your your master's you weren't out then subsequently shooting more images for the veil. You were working with the same body of work and, and really just honing it down to, to get to something that you, you felt worked. Yeah. So it, in, in terms of a project, it felt complete. Yes. Because it was a, really about a time and a place. Yeah. It happened to coincide with the fact that I was all, I'd 
made the decision to go and do the masters but you know I yeah. was, I was running the collective and it was kind of near the beginning I had a great group of young people that were involved and and that all kind of came together um for that work and it and it felt like it was finished and, and that was the end similar in a way for the more it kind of felt like that's the work and I've made the work yeah whereas like my series Dirlscombe for example that's just never ending ongoing because you know yeah. like, on new stories and I add to it and yeah yeah that's and, and I know that's the case and I'm I'm, I'm relaxed about that it's more yeah well that, that's uh, as you say some some projects you know when it's reached the point of conclusion and it's and, and whereas other projects as you say depending on what it is it's it's something that's just an ongoing process and there'll be times when you add a bit to it there'll be times that you add a lot to it but yeah as you say for 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 certain projects that you're maybe working on the there does feel a point that's drawn to its natural conclusion and, and that kind of gives you the complete body of work from which to to create your outputs from and, and your medium in terms of the book. Yeah, so exactly as you said, so all, all the images that are in the book were in the original edit. It was more that I took images out. Yeah. I, I kind of I really wanted to get it down to the essence. Yes. Also, like for practical reasons in terms of printing, like how many pages you have. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like bad here, aren't I? How many pages is it? Have? I think it's 64. So, you, you know, it's kind of like a magic number. Yes. Um, and, and then as soon as you go over that, then it adds a lot of cost on stuff. So it's just like... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all about working within what the stand, standard parameters are to, to some extent. Yeah, and I think it's just... I mean, I, I maybe don't like doing that because it, in a way it's slightly restrictive. Yeah, but I think also I maybe wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel because you know it was an exercise and I learned a lot. You know, it was the first book that I saw through. Yeah, beginning to end, self-published, um, and I didn't want to make it harder. You know, but like yeah, because you know, the more obviously had like um, gatefolds and that kind of stuff. So just yes. And and did you when you when you came to work on the the veil or on veil sorry did you did you collaborate with uh, with others in terms of assisting you with the design or did you decide that uh, this is going to be something I'm going to do myself or because obviously you'd having done the 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 one for your course you'd have had an idea of sequencing I suppose so from that point of view, that would have been quite well developed but in terms of the design and and layout and structure of it so I mean for me. I suppose photographers are different. For me, I, I find it quite easy to yes. like a sequence of images. Yeah. Um, find images that work together. Yeah. To, it makes common sense. It comes naturally because it's my work and it's so yes. personal. So yep. if somebody else did the layout. I'll be like, well, what's that? You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's my story and it's my narrative. And yeah, you know, maybe sounds slightly egotistical, but it's it's sort of my my vision. So like in a way I, I feel like I'm the best person to kind of create that story yeah and so, so layouts not necessarily the hardest unless someone said recently to me like they were like a graphic designer and, and, and then they were doing books and I'm just like well photo books is just like you know I mean you can get quite complicated but I'm somebody like if I feel like I'm doing bloody origami to try and look at the book then that just pisses me off it's like I just <laughs> you know I just want something that works well as it's like a vehicle for showing the work yeah and, and i like the idea of like a small book makes yes. sense because it it referenced this idea of like a storybook or a children's story yes yeah you know not to the point where for me in terms of like sequencing layout that's fine i can deal with that but i'm not necessarily a designer yes yeah i found that artist illustrator Anna Scales. okay yeah just, just lots of searching online I've got friends that are illustrators but I wanted somebody whose style fitted what I am envisaged for absolutely yeah yeah I commissioned her to do the the cover and and I gave her an image which was in the original edit right not being so she took inspiration from that lovely yeah and then obviously we had discussions and I kind of wanted to feel sort of slightly surreal or or um eerie or yes. the light coming out and and it worked perfectly i mean weirdly i only realized about 
a month ago that, you know, this has got a moon on the cover and Moore's got a sun on the cover. So it's like, <laughs> I was just like, seriously? Yeah. You know, Get some what? new ideas. Get some what? new ideas, Rob. I was like, I want a moon in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That well, that that's now your signature for any future books. You yeah, yeah. need you need to ensure the cover has got. It's gonna um, have some historical yeah. objects, stars, and, or something like that next. Um. So yeah. So it was you know, Anna nailed it. Yeah. Uh, exactly what I wanted, and then I'm lucky. Just one of my friends, Nia. She's a great sort of international illustrator but also designer and I said like can you just do some typography because this is the hardest thing for design yeah. typography yeah. she just banged over this font and it was just very simple I was just like yeah brilliant you know yeah it's really nice she just placed it and and that was ideal you know so I was just lucky having um people that can can help me in that sense yep then I commissioned Dan Cox to to write the essay. Yes, and I'd met him a few years earlier at the VNA, and you know he used to be a BMXer and he's a curator at the VNA and and he writes and and again when you much like when I find people to photograph you just feel like you have like a kind of connection. I feel like he'll be the right person to to yes. do a lot of the same reference points yeah yeah he'll, he'll yeah. write well about what you're visually presenting which is which is what you're looking for he'll get the work you know for example but if it's you know my Dillstrom series then i'd probably pick someone else that that would yeah you know, maybe more experience or you know that was kind of yeah something more to do with how, how their life has has, has been yeah yeah because you want to get people when you're working with people you want to make sure that the style and, and the work that they do complements the specific project that you're that that you're presenting as well. Because as you say, every project's got a different a different style to it, and, and you need to make sure they complement each other. Yeah, yeah. For example, I was lucky enough, like oh, maybe six months ago, to photograph the author Raina Wynn for the Telegraph. Yeah. Point afterwards, she was like, "I'd be great if I could use some of these pictures, and uh, and you know, for uh, kind of promotional stuff." And I said, like, well, let's not worry about money, but it'd be amazing if you could write a short essay for me about Dulscombe, you know, and, and she's a nature writer and grew up. Yep. In, so in a way, that's like a like a beautiful kind of yeah. change of kind of skills, skills, you know, and, and you know, and that worked out beautifully, you know. Yeah. So it's really nice when things like, like that happen. But yeah, so it's for me, it's really about picking the right person for that job. Yeah, I th I th I really like the cover, and I think it work. I think it works very well because your images have got a real cinematic feel to them, and and, and there's just something beautiful that just complements the the style of of the cover that's been that's been drawn. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's it's just just the detail and just the textures that you can really see in it. Just they just seem to work work so well with the work so well with the body of work that's inside, even and, though the even though the picture's not been included. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, I think, I think Anna's based in London now, but she grew up in Dorset, so it's just over the border from Devon. So again, really understands yeah landscape, the kind of the valleys and the hills. So there's that kind of shared sort of knowledge in a way. I yeah. Mean, weirdly, I grew up in the Midlands, like in a small town nearish the countryside so i didn't grow up in devon but we we came here a lot but so but for me actually this kind of landscape there was some kind of familiarity with sort of worcestershire it was kind of like you know slightly flatter with a bit of hills and, and yes sort of looking there was some kind of influence from that as well you know it's like a simple landscape in a way it's not dramatic like dartmoor yeah you know even more like iceland you know you, yeah. you go to iceland and just wait for the light to be right. You close your eyes and take a picture. It's like shoot, shooting ducks in a, a barrel, you know. Where <laughs> if you're in these quieter landscapes, it's really about finding images, which, yeah. which I find find interesting. Yeah, well, that that's it. It's 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 nice to it's nice to actually, yeah, as you say, find them and put the put the work into to to discover the, to discover the images as opposed to just going somewhere, standing, taking the picture, and then moving on and 
so on and so forth. So actually, yeah, dis- discovering the shots yourself is, is wonderfully rewarding as well. Another, maybe, are there any pic- are there any images within the within the book that maybe have a special connection or or meaning to you? Or- so weirdly, my favourite image is possibly like quite a plain image. All right. Yeah. Plain landscape. You know. Um, it yeah. Comes after. Let's have a look. So it comes after the the first picture of Ollie in the river, and he's kind of like yes. looking at us, and then we've just got this very simple. And for yep. me, it's really about that's a sense of place. You know. Yes. That is. That is the place, this place that I've kind of, it's a weird thing because it's a real location, it's a real place, Yes, but I've brought my own atmosphere and sense of place to it. Yes, yeah. And this kind of, for me, encapsulates that. And, and then, you know, actually following that, then you've got this amazing serendipity of the, the image yeah. of Pete that was from the collective and his, his girlfriend at the time, Jazz. And and I went out one evening with them. I'd found this this abandoned house just outside this small Devon village called Black Dog. Right, wonderful. And again, like really beautiful summer evening. We went there, golden hour, and and spent like a couple of hours taking pictures. And, and I took this sequence of them walking around the corner towards me. And it was only like later when I was kind of editing the work, and, and I noticed what looked like a, a figure in the window, and I was just like, "What is that?" Oh yeah. As I zoomed in, like there was a what appeared to be a face, and it was just like literally one of those like chills down your spine kind of <laughs> moment. I was just like, oh, you know, it yeah, freaked me out. And in a way, it, it's completely serendipitous because it it fits the work. This idea yes. of this, the ghost of the past, and and you know, drawing on like my early influences, like I was really into ghosts and poltergeists as a kid, and I used to like type up ghost kind of stories or ghost <laughs> events like on yeah. writer <laughs> and you know obsessed with ufos and when the x-files came out so this this notion of the kind of the paranormal and and yeah it, it just felt sort of really serendipitous and and you know and, and and i suppose in a way how it's presented in the book it's not overtly obvious to quite like as well maybe you might notice it or you might not. You know. Well, that, that's, I dare say there'll be a few people reaching out to have a look through the book now to, to see if they've actually noticed that before or if it's a, if it's the first time they're noticing it for themselves. And if people aren't aware, there's if you turn to like the back page, there's a tiny little picture. Yes. The face. Yeah. Zoom in like a crop face <laughs> of that figure. Um, and, and interestingly, when I've, posted it sort of on social media a lot of people thought that i'd set that up that somebody was in the window stood yep. there you know i mean i mean being rational it's probably just a trick of the light but yes you know who knows you know it, that's what i like you know there's that kind of that unknown you know it's yeah absolutely absolutely that that's part of it and it? yeah it's it is is it's it's quite surprisingly figure like yeah <laughs> particularly when it's pointed out to you exactly yeah yeah it's that moment you know and it, it's really that and, and you know i used to love horror films when i was younger so there's just that that chill down your spine you know, that, yeah what's that you know so when so when it came to when it came to publishing it how did how did you go about selecting obviously all your your paper choices and the texture the texture of the of the cover i really i really like i think it's a there's a wonderful feel to it, as you say. It's it's uh, it's not a, it's not a huge book physically, but it, again it again it doesn't feel too small. It's it's something that's just it, it feels just a, a perfect size. But I really like the 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 cover and just the texture of of the cover. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it took a, a few like attempts and a few decisions to, to yeah. wrap on the cover, like the the paper stock for the cover. Um, I, I guess. And this is a process when you're you're printing a book, you know. Yeah. The stress and the drama is in the actual production and yeah. And I'd actually chosen to print on. I mean, it's listed in the back. It's um the the GF Smith Xantha paper. Right. Yeah. And 
that was discontinued, but it was this paper that I really loved that was in one of my favorite books. And it, it was perfect because as a paper, it was really kind of quite yellow, quite creamy. Yeah, which, all right. But which felt right. So the printers bought the last stock of that paper to print it. Right. But then there was an issue with the binding. So we couldn't use that. So it's actually printed on a different paper, on a really nice paper. And actually, like, when you're looking at it now, it's still quite a creamy yeah. paper. But, but you know, you you have that. You know, there were all these kind of sort of yes. you know, dramas of production is kind of like, I think that was the bit that I found quite stressful. And, and you know, it's possibly it's like a control issue because it's something that's out of my control. And because I'm a perfectionist yeah and i want everything to be perfect and yeah always looking for fault so it's so for me it's you know it's great that i've done a book but i can't look at it objectively in any kind of way yeah just see what i see as faults you know yeah but i think i think that's i think that's the same with anyone who's probably done it because particularly when it's your own work because as you say, you know the work intimately, you know the work back to front. So what you are looking at is you're looking at every small detail that everyone else yeah. glances glances over. But yeah, it's it's all, all these wee small decisions and paper choices affect the way the images and the work is printed and is displayed. And I, I, th- I think that the, the reproduction quality of, of the work is 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 fantastic i think that the tones really come across exceptionally well particularly for particularly to get across the the last of the summer light i think really it's it, there's there's just the lovely softness of the rolling tones to it without feeling like ott or really in really bright in your face sort of thing i think i think it just works really nicely and the end the end papers i think uh, complement it all very well as well just all, all the lovely yellow yeah i mean i agree i think like the, the 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 reproduction in terms of the image images have really worked yeah. really well in terms of the tonality yes yeah it's, it's great you know i'm really really happy with how that's come out and and there still is a difference between printing lithographically and, and digitally. So, yes. You know, you can tell. Yeah. And and we did the more lithographically. And, you know, I think once you've done that, for me, until digital gets to a point that it's the same as that, then I'm not really interested in doing anything digitally. Yeah. It's really about, about the image. But I think... Also, as well, in terms of a book, you know, the, the price point's not too high. I didn't want to do something too expensive. So, yeah, there are some, you know, compromises. Absolutely. Yeah. Possibly for the next book, it's going to be slightly bigger in size. And I kind of want to, you know, make more effort in terms of the, the, the quality. And, you know, so it might be a, a little bit more money, but it's it's a. It's a pro. It's a process. Well, that, that's it. The thing. The thing is, you've now got the experience of doing the first book, yeah, um, which feeds in enormously to to the second one in terms of some of the decisions that you've got to make. There'll be some that you probably already know the answers to from your experiences the first time around, and and all those aspects as well. Yeah, and it's it's a learning curve. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, a new reasonable amount anyway, and. And I suppose I was quite lucky that I've got friends that that, that publish books, and yep. do that and, and self-publish, so I could draw on their sort of knowledge and, and experience. That that was that was quite helpful. But yeah, but yeah. There's, there's a lot to there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn, and as you say, it's the it's con, it's control when it's out with your control, but it's also knowledge when you're dealing with your photographs and and preparing your photographs you can get them ready because you know that you know what you're doing but when you get into the world of publishing books it's it's like there's another million questions of which you probably know very few if any of the answers like most of us do um, and all of a sudden you're faced with having to make decisions left right and center and <laughs> you're wondering right what what do I go for? And it's understanding well, what are the implications of going for this over that? And right, this one will cost you a lot more, but does it what 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 does does it make it better? Does it make it worse? And 
it's it's all these things that you learn every time you, you do a book. And I think you've just got to be, you give yourself more time and be prepared yeah. for mistakes and, and, and accidents to happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, the, the, the publishers just reprinted and we did it on the other paper and then it was bound fine. And, and, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, this, these happen, you know, yeah. me actually now when I buy books, I'm, I'm far more meticulous and I'm looking at them, not just as somebody that enjoys looking at books. And I'm just thinking like, Oh, there's some pick in there. I can see that there's some marks there. That's not bound very well. What's do you know what I mean? So like, I'm being very, yeah. I'm being more discerning. And in a way that's kind of, <clears throat> helpful because i'm looking at books that i've had Def- for a while i'm picking them up and i'm seeing things i didn't see before yeah I, I, with a different eye yeah absolutely it's like for me i i you i begin to notice the tent the finer details in someone who's maybe published a book where you can see there's just been that extra bit spent maybe on just on tidying up just finishing off wee bits and pieces just so that it adds to the whole experience that you possibly would never recognize or never see but actually when you notice it you think yeah that's just been really very nicely finished off and there's just been a, a bit of attention to detail and paper choices as well in particular i think it becomes when you start looking through a number of books you can really begin to just see the difference in textures and how it feels to to flick through it, it it's part it's part of the experience and part of the you the, the the viewer's experience. Of course, and it's an object as well. Yeah, absolutely. Picked up and looked at, and and it's kind of it's just a great size. I mean, I love portrait format. Yeah. But the thing that I've looked at the the books I've picked is like my favourite books, and you know, like <laughs> all lines. <laughs> rhythm a landscape, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, weirdly, I've made. The decision that, that my Dirlscan work is going to be a landscape book. Right. Yeah. Most of the images are landscape. Yeah. And I really want to celebrate the image. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it'd be, you know, not quite A4, but a bit under on the page. So it'll be like full yeah. landscape page of image. So you get a real. Yeah. Re- really brings it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes, that makes sense to me, you know, otherwise you just, you know, you just kind of, sticking with a format just because it's more fashionable at the moment yeah you know and and i don't really like you know images really that that run across the gutter you know with veil it's fine something like this it's okay because there's no you yes. know with the, the the full bleed and yeah. um, and, and the other two that I did, it's okay because the, the subject's not not in. Yeah, in, but yeah, yeah. You, you, you occasionally see books, and I've I've seen them whereby you look and you think, right, I'm just the the crux of the image is right in the middle of the gutter, and you think I, I can barely see this, even if it's and it's yeah, it's, it's a slight oversight. I, I, I think yes, it works. It, you, it works well. You can get away with it in certain images, but I, I think it's something that yeah, you need to be pay particular attention to when it's a when it's an important image, and all of a sudden you you can't see where it is. And the thing is, people might print it out fold in half just to see what it looks like, but you're then not taking into account all the other pages and the cover that's been bound around it that then prevents you opening it up. But yeah, it's just it's just thinking about that. that yeah. For me, that I was so these images are going there. Where's the subject in this image? So the yes. ghost image, like Pete and Jazz, they're off center slightly, and the ghosts off center, and and so yeah. it's fine in terms of the gutter. So it's yeah. yeah, always thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what what work are you working on at the moment? Have you got? You obviously mentioned your uh, another book that you're maybe working on your longer term project. So I mean, for me, there's always lots of different projects um sort of in the background and and some of them i'll work on for a bit like dirlscum and and then yep. I'll so often i'll come back to it so i mean dirlscum's probably going to be like an anthology of books so there might right. be even six or eight books you know each book with maybe like 30 to 40 images in very so nice yeah lovely series which I yes. think work quite well with a nice big uh, box presentation box to finish with finish you know and and the work really follows the seasons so yes in the spring you've kind of got like um making the, the thatch for roofs and then, and then they're out in the fields in the summer 
yeah and then autumn you got like cider pressing and, and yeah in the winter you got like they're plucking the geese so it's these activities that really fit the season so yeah it makes sense to do separate books that's that's been you know initially it was four books for each season but you know shot so much work that you know there could be eight books it could be 10 books i mean yeah. you, know, you, could, you know maybe see where you get to a line and then obviously i've got like another series i did the island i need to do that at some point as a book yeah so for me, like the more and veil vale i both did over my masters so the more I did with another place press with Ian. Yeah. I decided to start at the beginning. You know, Vale felt right because it was felt like a really personal work. So yes. Yeah. Like the right one to start to with. Test the water to begin yeah. with. Um, and then in, yeah. In, in terms of me, I've been working on a commission for the last year almost, um, like a landscape commission from Beeford Arts and Devon Wildlife Trust to document ash dieback. Cool. So that's what I've been doing for the last dude. Yeah, so. but no, the veil, the veil's been phenomenally successful. It's I think seven hundred and fifty copies, and you've got not that many left, I believe. Yeah, I've got maybe as we're speaking around fifteen copies left, which is 15. amazing. I, 15, uh, yeah, one five. One. But then I've also got copies I'm holding back, and I'll sell them just as print editions. Yes. Yeah. So that's quite nice that over maybe a period of a couple of years if, if people want to buy it and it's not in print anywhere yeah have to buy a, a print edition you know? yeah very nice nicely done well to finish with as always um, i'm always very interested to hear what uh, photo books are favorites of my guests it's a wonderful way to find out what inspires them it is always fascinating to see how much they don't correlate to the work that someone shoots um, and as long as it doesn't cost me too much money so that means either the book's stupidly expensive for which i'm going to say no or preferably out of print and not accessible so i'm really i'm very interested to hear what uh, what your selection is rob yeah i think most of mine are probably some of them are probably still in print this, I mean, this is like a like a mindless task. It's like your five favorite films or your five favorite. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's tough. So we'll start at the beginning. Don't I have to say my favorite book would be The Red River by Jem Southern. Right. I don't know if you know this one. Nope. It's, uh, Which is an expense. Jem taught me on the masters at Plymouth University. Yeah. A, like a British landscape photographer. And I was quite lucky when I was at Newport that I invested in several books. Yep. Bought like Richard Billingham's Razor Laugh. I've got Susan Lippa's Grapevine and I bought Gems, The Red River. It's just a really beautiful book. At the time when I was at Newport, I was really drawn to the work by the American photographers like Joel Merovitz, so like Cape Light. And yep. Sternfeld and Stephen Shaw, so the, like the American color large format. Whereas in Britain, there weren't so many photographers working in color and large format. You obviously have Paul Graham, and Jem was a contemporary of Paul. And he was living in Cornwall at the time, so the book just loosely follows the course of the river. So it's it's sort of beautiful landscapes. Oh, lovely, yeah. Houses. But Jim really talks about this idea of like mythology, yeah, the landscape and these kind of mythologies, these sort of stories that are carried forward. So yeah, cool. I was really completely drawn to his work when I was sort of twenty years old, studying at Newport. It, it really resonated with me. So if you want to see what was a sort of a big influence on yeah work, then cool, very good. Alex. So that's the first one. And then classic Robert Adams, American Landscape. Yeah. So Summer Nights, I've got Summer Nights, and this is Summer Nights Walking. So black and white, medium format, square, pictures yeah. at night. Yeah. I mean, for me, really kind of references this sense of the American horror film. You know, the kind of slight sort of picket fence looking in through windows. Um, we've got this classic image here of the kind of wooden, the white painted wooden house. Yeah, with the yeah, shadow of the trees is very kind of like John Carpenter's Halloween. So for me, it was really about all these 
book choices are about how an atmosphere is carried through the work as well. Yep. Yep. So that's definitely the case in there. And then you've got Claire Richardson's book, Beyond the Forest, okay. which is like a Steidel Mac. So obviously Michael Mack used to work with Steidel and then he set up Mac books. Yeah. This is this is a brilliant book. There's not a huge amount of images in it. Um, and Claire just and again it's to do with like folklore and mythology, and she made the work in Romania. Cool, really nice. A large format, but really beautiful atmospheric images. Yeah. Nothing's out of print i don't think you'd get a copy too cheaply and that's <laughs> i suppose the, the classic kind of image yeah very but nice very much do this kind of i suppose rurality but okay yeah this older way of farming you know remaining yeah. they, they used to do it in devon they'd have the big haystacks and yeah. into like the the domes of hay um yeah you still they still work like Tra- that. yeah the traditional methods the traditional methods that's a brilliant book and claire's She's living in Wales at the moment. I think she's going to bring a, a book out at some point in, in the future. All right, cool. Some, some of the pictures are really beautiful, but just, just on her Instagram. That she's oh, doing. very nice. I'll check that out. And then I guess like like a modern classic is Mike Brody's A Period of Juvenile Prosperity. Do you know this book? No, I don't. No. It's on fourth edition now. So this right. is... I mean, I, you know... I've never really had a huge amount of money. So for me to like, I think I spend like, this came from America, it's like maybe 70 pounds. And at the time it felt like a lot. Yeah. But but it's not often that I find books that completely resonate with me. And there was just something about this work. It was so powerful. I mean, he, you you know, you have, um, I don't know. it, It was just, he was, part of like a group of people that hop trains across America. Okay. Yeah. Subculture and their lifestyle. And he was part of that. That's that, that was his life. And it completely resonates in terms of the pictures. You know, you have someone like Mark Steinmetz, who's an amazing photographer. Yeah. There's still like a kind of separation in a way, whereas like here it's, it feels like this real sort of. All right. Yeah. Cool. Intimacy. You know, there's, there's a kind of real closeness and the, the colors are like, unbelievable it looks like a kind of kodachrome or something you're shooting on just the the light and the the printing's beautiful it's yeah just, and it, it's something very filmic about the work as well which was cinema very feel there's a real cinematic feel to it as well very cinematic i mean you can pick up a copy of that because it's on the fourth edition and then yeah. the book is um river of no return by laura mcphee yeah um Again, just a, a really interesting book, all shot around like a valley in Idaho, um, kind of around a river. And she just made a series of, sort of large format landscape pictures, but like beautiful. Oh, cool. Really that is really pictures. nice. But, but you, you know, I suppose not just kind of straight. There's a series of pictures of this young woman yes yeah in, in, in sort of various poses so this is kind of like again like a mythological yep. narrative running through yes so it's not this kind of like straight kind yeah. of all right yes yep um so yeah, oh, yeah it, adds, it adds a different dimension and a different element to to the work as well when you when you've got that when you've got the narrative and the continuous or the continual narrative of the same person yeah really cool bring something but yet really sublime just just lovely beautiful images that's that was one that always kind of resonated with me but yeah it's so it's not often that i find something that i really yeah really click with yeah you know but when i see it so like mike brody's book i was just like oh no that's great i've got it yeah some some really really interesting selections many of which i've i've not heard of but I've obviously taken a note and uh, I will enjoy researching them because again, for, for part part of what I've really enjoyed over the last however many months I've now been doing this, it's it's opened my eyes to such a wide variety of photographers, artists and 
books and bodies of work and i really now just en- i really i really enjoy exploring them and that you can't possibly own every book and I, I don't buy every book far from it but you you still expose yourself to this new work these new styles ideas and 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 the the inspiration and the ideas that these that these other photographers and artists have doing their own work that can help and push push your own work as well, which is which is part of the the joy of it. Well, I think I agree. You know, there's there's something that I really like it when I can I can really see that the, the photographer or artist has has created something that feels cohesive. It feels whole. yes, you know, it feels, yep. like, it feels like a body of work rather than just like individual images in a book absolutely yeah there's something going on there like mike brody it's the journey and and laura mcphee it's you know it's kind of following the river and same with gem there's this kind of narrative around the river and it's loose and in a way you know if you're like a student and you're studying photography sometimes it's like the simple ideas you know got sophs sleeping by the mississippi it's just just picking something yeah you know and then making work around that you know yeah seeing what happens yeah but oh yeah thanks thanks very much for sharing those books and um, i'm sure you could probably selected a few more if i'd given you the opportunity yeah, to yeah. do so but that's why <laughs> that's why that's why i cut it otherwise i'd be there for days and i'd be bankrupt uh, as well and um, plus i think it focuses people's minds when you're only allowed to select a small selection really makes you you think and i think if i was asked to do it which thankfully i'm not asked to do it uh, it, it doesn't make you really think you might think, well, yeah, that book's one, but then actually you then think, well, I've got that actually. And you begin to wonder which, which ones, which ones do have the biggest influence and, and the, the, the greatest joy as well. Cause that's what it's about. It's, it's the joy of picking the book up and, and looking through the work. And now I think for me as well, I suppose I tried to, some of them are well known, like Robert Adams and, and yeah. Mike Brody and, and Jem and, and, you know, w- within, circles but you know i could have picked things like american prospectus or yeah you know, like, um, eggleston's democratic forest yes. yeah or, you know, cape light by joel merovitz they're all great books but absolutely like, they're, they're really well known yeah that's it but well on that note rob i just like to thank you very much for your time this evening it's really been a pleasure chatting to you about uh veil your your work and uh, your your photographic journey it's, it's really been my pleasure so thank you very much for your time You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Cheers.